0: Greetings and welcome to another episode of Credo Podcast, the place where you can come to find Catholic truth in this world of relativism. I'm Father Peter Duganzik. It's that time of year again, we're in Lent, and a lot of things start to happen in Lent, but one of the things that happens, that everybody seems to want to do, is to repent of their sins. And a big part of that for us Catholics is the sacrament of confession, of going to a church sitting in a confessional, and expressing your sins, and then receiving absolution. But before I get into today's topic, I just want to take a moment to remind you that um, it would be helpful if you subscribed on whatever platform you are listening to this on, follow the the, uh, podcast so that you can get regular updates when I post new episodes, and especially if you could share this with others so that we can continue to get the word out. Let us begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus Christ, to call upon you now through the power of your Holy Spirit, send your Spirit upon all who hear these words and allow your Holy Spirit to transform them, to help them to grow in holiness, to let them know that they are loved and that through the power of your grace, they can ever grow closer to you, who are Lord forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, as I said, it's that season again, if you will, the confession season, where a lot of Catholics who haven't been to confession for a while decide to, that it's time to go to confession. But what I would like to talk a little bit more today about is how to go to confession. Now, there's a good number of regular Catholics who come, who have a really good idea about how to go to the sacrament. But every now and then, there are people who come in who haven't been for a while, and you do your best as a priest to try to walk them through it. But it might be a good refresher for everybody, because there are plenty of plenty of people out there that have, you know, lost the ability, if you will, to be prepared when you come into the confessional. Now, at the outset, I would just like to say the confessional is not the place for counseling, even though many priests in the 70s may have made the confessional such. It's not a place where you come in and ask for advice. It's not a place that you're going to come in and want to spend 40 minutes with Father talking about your life. There are other avenues for doing that. You can always make an appointment with Father. The confessional is basically the place where a Catholic will come in, confess their sins, maybe receive some words of wisdom from the priest, a penance, and then absolution. See, here's the thing. We should go to confession frequently, number one. So so try not to, keep, try not to wait for the annual opportunity. Try to go every month. Try to, to go on a regular basis, and that way... It won't be that hard for you to examine your conscience, but do keep in mind that when you come into the confessional that examination should be complete and so so often even even sometimes people who do go on a regular basis will come in and seem like they're just stumbling through their examination right there in front of me and so I do remind people Look at the Ten Commandments, look at the Seven Deadly Sins, spend some time reflecting on them before you come into the confessional. Ask yourself if any of these have been violated, have you done any of these things? And if so, decide right then and there that you're going to confess it. Now one of the things that's helpful, we talk about number and kind, one of the things that's helpful to a priest is to know how often it happens. So if it's a matter of lust or anger, is this something that happened once in a month, or is it something that happens every day? That is really helpful to the priest to know, number one. And number two, it's good for you to see when you're examining your conscience that this is something real and something that needs to be dealt with. So I'm going to encourage everybody who hears these words, if you're planning on going to confession, Get a hold of a good examination of conscience. There are plenty of them out there. Make sure it's a good one. Don't don't look for one of these flowery ones that really don't address sin. A good examination of conscience will lead you to, deep within you, see the sin that's there, the sins that have been committed, so that you can understand them as sin and then do something about it. Now, there are four parts to the sacrament. And I always say, I I used to be able to get the second graders to memorize this, so this isn't that hard. Basically, it's contrition, confession, penance, absolution. That ought to be the order, but of course, it's changed a little bit because obviously when we do the the sacrament, the penance is done after the absolution. But think about it now. Here's the fourth stages. Contrition. There must be a sorrow. I I, I can say this to, to kids. They get it. Whenever a kid has done something and one of their parents comes up to them and says, you know, you broke that plate. Well, the kid has to be sorry for what they did because sorrow or contrition is what leads to repentance. Without that sorrow in my heart, without that remorse, if you will, in my heart, I won't repent of the sin. Now, here's a key thing, because there's a lot of people who seem to come in without the spirit of repentance. There is almost sometimes this sense that you can get, That someone has come in and they did something, but they have no intention of trying to change. That is problematic, and that'll be a subject for another podcast. But know that a big part of the sacrament is that we first have contrition, that's sorrow, and the desire to repent, to change, because that's what the grace of the sacrament is all about. Now I get to the confession part of it. Confession is where you come in and actually say what you did. Now, there are so many people that will come into the confessional and think that Father needs this long, drawn-out story about their sins so as to somehow, and I'm going to say it just blatantly, somehow they can justify what they did. So no, Father doesn't need to know all of the long, drawn-out story about the backstory as to why you got angry. Just tell Father, you got a, I got angry. I got angry at my son. I got angry at my wife. I got angry at my in-law. I got, you know, own the anger. That's what it's all about. Confess the anger. That's what it's about. Don't take up a whole long time, you know, with, with all these stories of trying to, to justify. And another thing when it comes time for confession and you have to tell your sins, tell your sins. I don't know how many people want to come in and tell me everybody else's sin. Oh, my son did this. Oh, my husband did that. Oh, my wife did this. Oh, my daughter-in-law did that. Oh, my children. Okay, that's all well and good. Tell me what your sins are, because you're the one who came before me to repent. It, you, you would be, you'd be amazed, ask any priest. Now, one of the things that has to come with the confession is knowledge, wisdom, prudence. We must understand that what we're confessing is wrong. And We must confess it with the sincerity of heart Don't think that there's anything that you're going to come in and say that father hasn't heard before and if he hasn't heard before He's not going to to chastise you for it The beauty of you coming there and the reason that that father's happy that you're there is that you are there to change So we we understand that and know that whatever you say is under the absolute secrecy and seal of the confessional so you can say anything at that time and Father can never repeat it outside the confessional, even with your permission. So once it's under the seal of confession, it's under the seal of confession. And I'll say to people a lot of times, someone will come up to me, you know, the next day, and say, oh, Father, remember what I was talking about? And I'll say, no, I don't remember. Again, it's me keeping the, the seal of the confessional. I, it's, it's done. Once, once you've left the confessional, it's done. So let it stay the way it's supposed to stay. Now comes the penance part of it. As I've said so many times, penance is trying to make up for the sin. So examples that I use are, if you told a lie, you should tell the truth. If you stole something, you should restore it. That's the actual types of penance. But when a priest gives someone a penance, we can't give a penance. We certainly can't tell somebody to reveal what was just confessed. So you can't go, you know, like you stole money from a bank. You can't go back to the bank and say, oh, by the way, I stole this because that's betraying the seal of confession. More often than not, the priest will probably give a penance of prayer or something with the intent of turning to God and asking God to help you to avoid the sin in the future. To make up for for our past sins is near impossible because, and again, if someone has come in after a long time, there's no way that they're going to ever be able to, to do all of that. So the penance that's usually given is something that's going to be easy enough to do. And, and we're told as confessors to make sure that whatever is given is something that can be done in a reasonable amount of time and has a definitive beginning and end. So a priest really shouldn't be giving one of these long generic penances that you know really have no like beginning or end, you know, you can't say, well, go forth and be a nice person for the rest of the week. That's, that's not really a penance. You know, it would have to be, go and say something nice to your spouse. But again, be careful on how you do it because we don't want to reveal the, the, the confession. We don't want to reveal what was confessed. So again, a lot of times, what is the priest going to do? He's going to say, give it all over to God, say the following prayers, and ask God to bless you or to give you strength to avoid these sins in the future. Now, the final part of the sacrament is the absolution, the prayer that the priest must say, and he must say it over you. This is when the forgiveness of the sins occurs. And so if there's something that the priest senses that you were unrepented for, he might press a little bit more on it and ask, because that change of heart, that that repentance is a key part of what's going to happen in the absolution. An unrepented sin is not absolved. It's not forgiven. It's still held before God. And I think a lot of people forget that part of it. And so, yes, the confession is a good thing. The penance is a good thing. The absolution is an absolute thing that we all need. And I always look forward whenever I go to confession to that moment when I hear those words and you are absolved of your sins. So incredibly important to hear those words and to have them prayed over us. But without that spirit of repentance, the absolution is not absolute. So it's not a magic trick to wipe away the slate. If the heart is not properly disposed, the grace cannot be communicated. And I I want to be clear about this because it seems to me sometimes, and, and not all the time, but it does seem to me sometimes, that there is this sense that you get from somebody where they're not really sorry for their sins, that there's no intent to change. And so I do encourage anybody who hears these words, start to take this sacrament a little more seriously, get yourself a good examination of conscience, and once you have that examination of conscience in hand, I would recommend doing it every day, probably at the end of the day with your night prayer, that's when we priests and religious do it, examine your conscience every day and work at that moment about the change that needs to come about in your life piece of advice that I give to a lot of people in the confessional is to remember that sin is not something static. It's not something that just happens once. It's something that does take possession of us, but also, too, given to us are other powers from God, such as the virtues. So against every deadly sin is a contrary or lively virtue— we also have the cardinal virtues, the theological virtues. And, and every Catholic should familiarize themselves with the virtues, I'm not going to do them all right now because I could go on with that, I could go on for, for a couple of hours on, on the virtues. It was an actual uh, couple of lessons that I did at a master's level course. But do you remember, the virtues are extremely important, and the Catholic virtues are different than the secular virtues, so don't just look up virtues and accept the first thing that comes up on a search. It might not be Catholic. So look up Catholic virtues, look up contrary or lively virtues, look up specific things and learn about the virtues, learn more about them as the powers given us by God when exercised well and repeated often enough that'll give us the strength to overcome sin. Now, one last little thing. One of the things that so many parishes do this time of year is we do forced confessions. I don't know any other way to describe it. Forced confessions. Basically, if there's a Catholic school or a religious ed program, we force children to go to confession without proper preparation, without proper catechesis. Any priest will tell you when he starts to hear some of these confessions, it's painful. Sometimes it can be painful, sometimes it can be wonderful. I shouldn't make such a broad general statement. But there are times when children, child after child is just being traipsed in there who have no clue why they're there. They have no idea what they're there. Nobody did an examination of conscience with them. Here's what I'm going to say. If the parents aren't on board, dear teachers and catechists, dear DREs and principals, if the parents aren't on board and forming the children properly, then a lot of what we're going to do even in the classrooms is not going to be super helpful. And so we need to really start getting the parents connected to this sacrament. So, Here's here's my advice especially to religious educators. Have more sessions with the parents and the kids together. Try to do more working with both of them together. And the reason I say that is I remember as a child before I went to my first reconciliation my mother worked with me and worked with me and worked with me. My father my, my father was even there to remind me of a few of my sins before my first confession. I mean it was kind of kind of comical but um, but even when we went as a family following, the preparation time and the examinations and things, we did. And it was, it was something that we were able to prepare for. It wasn't until probably I started to reach the high school age that I started to go when I went, like, you know, with the youth group or with the, the folk group or, or people when we were on these, these teen retreats and other things that I started to do it on my own. Funny, I had fallen away from the sacrament for a long time. But the good thing about it was, when I came back and I, and I had my reversion, I went into that confessional and it was like riding a bicycle. It really was. It came right back to me. I even remembered the prayer of contrition and all the other things. And the priest was kind of impressed because, you know, when you tell somebody, oh, it's been 15 years since my last confession, a lot of times as a priest you expect, and I'll probably have to walk this person through it. The foundation that was laid was so critical. And so parents, please, please work with your children. It's not a private sacrament when it comes to preparation. You can work with your children and help them to understand the value of the sacrament, the beauty of the sacrament, how important the sacrament is, and maybe schedule going to the sacrament as a family. You know, we, they, the, for our confirmation candidates, we want them to go to confession before. So what we do is we tell the kids you have to go and we show them all the times and we give them a little form that they got to give father to make sure that it's verified that they did go to confession and all the other stuff. But so often the parents just drop their, their teens off and disappear. Parents go in with them and maybe even consider walking into the confessional yourself. Little piece of advice. Maybe I'm out of line, but I don't think so. So here it is. This is the season of repentance. And to repent means that we have regret and remorse for wrongdoing, for sins. And sins are in the objective order. They're not a subjective thing. When we try to turn them into bad feelings or other things, that's when people get a little confused. So get a really good examination of conscience and then repent. As always, I thank you for participating in this podcast. And if you could, please pray for me and know that you're in my daily prayers. And now may Almighty God bless you.